0: In one of the verses, he begs, he's begging God. He says to God, please teach me your precept. Please teach me your ways. You can, you can feel that he's begging, he's begging God to teach him his ways. And then he goes on in the end. He says, the word of the Lord is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we see this, this thing that the people of the past, the people of the Bible, they love the word of God. They cherish the word of God. They value the word of God. So I want us to pray right now as David prayed that God, through the word of today, teach me your ways. Teach me something. Light up a way for me. If there is something that I'm not seeing, open my eyes and let me see. Can we pray? Let's close our eyes. Our dearest Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask you, my God, this morning, we have gathered to you, my God, as your children. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to hear from you, my God. What do you want to say to us this morning? What do you want us to know, my God, through your word? Reveal your word through the message of this morning, Holy Spirit. Instruct us, lead us, and direct us, God, for the glory and the honor of your name. Amen. Right? So we are on uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 8 to 16. So we are. Still in our Savior series, so if you have your Bible, you type, you swipe, you open uh, to, your, to your Bible, Luke chapter 10, verse 8 to 16. So, Babu Rob last week touched on a, a lot of important points uh, regarding the mission, right? So, we are continuing from there um, this morning. We continue from last week's message, and we're going to go down until the end. So, let us read um, So from verse 8, it says, Whenever you enter a town, whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. Right? The kingdom of God has come near you. If you like underlining, you'd underline that. The kingdom of God has come near you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, Go into the streets and say, "Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you." Nevertheless, know this that the kingdom of God has come near you. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Let's go. Uh, and then, who who to you, Korazin? Who to you, Bethsaida? For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would, have, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment of Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will, will, you, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to the Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who has sent me. I love those bars there. All right? So <laughs> let us read. Uh, so this morning, uh, we, we continue, as I've said, we continue on, on, on what Baburah preached on. On the title of our message is that we are still on mission, right? And uh, I want to ask you a question. When you hear the word mission, right? I'm a missionary. When you hear the word mission, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Should I grab the microphone? Oh. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? When you hear the word mission, like when someone says, I'm on mission, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Huh? Oh, that's a very good answer. Jesus, next. Pack my bags and go to China. <laughs> right? So that's what we think about when we hear, when we think of mission. Pack my bags, go somewhere. Go in Africa, go go, go overseas. go. Go, uh, go somewhere. So, but it, it, me growing up, right, uh, depending on where you were. So I grew up in Eastern Cape. Uh, my great-grandmother is still alive. So um, we, we, we had this old man. The idea of mission for me was this old man, old man, gray hair, collar, jacket. You, you get where I'm going at, right? Jacket, and then he's wearing a suit even if it's hot, and he, he has a case, yeah, 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 you get me. And then he has a case, right? And if you are lucky, he has a stick. And then he's going around and he's, he's preaching, right? He's preaching, he's, he's, he's scaring people, you're going to go to hell and, and all of that. So that's, that's, that's the idea of mission. So some like i have noticed that sometimes you find it in taxi rank, you'll find one pastor they're preaching. Uh, you find, for example, in a train, there are coaches in a train that are for Christians. So there, there is a missionary that is preaching. So all of us have an idea of, of what the word mission means. We have a picture. Immediately something comes into our mind. But let me bring it a little bit closer to home now and bring it to you. And ask you a personal question. Did you know that you are also a missionary? Hmm? Did you know that you are also on mission? Did you also know that you are also a missionary? Right? So, this is one of, is one of the questions that we are going to answer this morning. And uh, we all have these cliches, as, as Markita said. We all have these cliches when we think about mission. But to, today, I want to bring it closer to you. I want you to know this morning that you are not just here just to sit on a chair, worship, Listen to the message, and then after, pack your bags, speed home. Right? You're not just here for that. I want, you to, I want you to think this morning. I want you to think bigger than yourself. I want you to think, why am I here this morning? Why am I sitting here this morning? Why are you sitting here this morning? You could be anywhere else. You could be somewhere. Why here this morning? Have you ever thought about that? Right? What if God preserved your life? So, I mean, we come from COVID. All of us could have died. Why did God preserve you? Why you didn't die? Out of the thousands and millions that died, why you didn't die? Because you're wearing a mask? Because you're vaccinated? No, I don't think so. I want, I, 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 I want us this morning to think something bigger than that. Right? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about why you live where you live? Doesn't matter the name of the street, doesn't matter the place. Why are you living there now in this specific moment? Could be living anywhere, could be living in Dubai, right? Could be living in Dubai, could be living a soft life in Germany, could be somewhere. But you are here. This morning on a Sunday, you are here, but why? Right? Why? Why do you work where you work? Why that specific company? Is it because you submitted your CV there? Is it someone because someone brought you there? Why do you attend the school that you're attending now? Why a High? Why a Kingsway? Why a Glenwood? Why a, a, a Begulwale? Why? Why this church this morning? Why not another? Why not another church? Why God brought you here? Why are you here? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about those questions? Why this church now? It could be, it could be in a better church with a better preacher, nice sound, everything nice. It could be there. Awesome preacher. You could be there. Neck gown, collar, <laughs> someone is holding his towel, hip, wife, yeah? but why are you here this morning? And that's exactly that what we're going to explore this morning as we read those verses. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning as to why are we, all these questions that I've asked you, I want you to keep them. And we are going to be looking in this verse, we're going to be looking at three things. I said the mission is for us, right? So, the title of, 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 of today's message is Missional Them, right? The title of today's message is Missional Them, Babu Rob. Missional Them? No. The title of today's message is Missional Me. Because the days of outsourcing the work of mission are done. The days of thinking that tabefundis and pastors are the only ones who are doing mission are done. The days of thinking that prophets in the Bible, about the old man going around and shouting, those days are over. Actually, we have discovered that all of us, we are on mission. Each and every one of us. You may be not, you know, maybe not be shouting, you may be not holding a bag, you may not be in a taxi, but you're on mission. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to focus on three things. God's responsibility in this mission, right? What is God's responsibility? And number two, what is your responsibility? What is our responsibility? So if we say that God, we are on mission, that means God is on mission. I am on mission. So God has a responsibility. I have a responsibility in this mission. And what is the responsibility of those I share this mission with? What is their responsibility? So it's God's responsibility, it's your responsibility, and it's the responsibility of those whom you share with the mission. Right? So, from verse verse 7 to verse 9, one of the things that Jesus establishes there, first of all, is that the, the 72 are to go. He's not saying to them, wait for people to come to you. He says to them, number one, you are to go. So we see, the disciples. We see Jesus Christ sending the disciples. I've used the word here called envoys. Now, don't be lost in the language. Now, envoys is like a delegation. So, in our in a Zulu culture, culturally, to when a young man reaches a point where he wants uglobola, he doesn't go by himself. So he's gonna send a delegation of uncles, envoys. So they are the ones who have to go there and go and pay the lobola for him. Those are envoys. So all of us on mission, we are envoys of the kingdom of God. We are delegates of the kingdom of God. We are sent. We are to go. Right? So he instructs these envoys that they are to go and, and, and do mission. And when he sends them, he gives them authority and power. He doesn't just send them, alone, he gives them authority and power. And what does he say there in the verse? He says to them that in every house that they enter, In every city that they enter, one of the things that they have to do, these envoys, these delegates, these 72, they are to use the authority to reverse the work of darkness. There, Jesus says, you are to heal the sick. There's a purpose there. You are to heal the sick. You are to, to pray for people. You are to announce the miracles. You are to announce the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God is near you. He used that phrase. The kingdom of God is near you. Now, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is this, is, is the, is, is, is this idea of the rule of God over our lives. Right? Everything that we have been, everything when, when God comes on the earth, when Jesus comes for the second time, the kingdom of God will be coming. And God will be able to rule over everything. But for the moment, the disciples are to tell the people, that the kingdom of God is near you. Now, through the miracles that they are doing, they are giving people a taste, a foretaste of what the, 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 the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is about peace. The kingdom of God is about joy. The kingdom of God is about happiness and miracles and, and healings. So John explains that in the end of uh, Revelation that there will be no more sicknesses. There will be no more tears. There shall be joy forever. That is the coming of the kingdom of God. But at the moment, while we are living on earth, while Jesus was sending them, he tells them, tell the people that this is a taste. Give them the taste of the kingdom of God. And I think Temi said something here. He said, she said that what you're experiencing here is what we are going to experience in heaven. It's just a taste. It's not everything. It's just a taste. Right? just a taste of, of what we are going to be experiencing on, on, uh, on heaven. So you and I, we are on mission. We are envoys of the kingdom of God. We are delegates of the kingdom of God. The first thing we are to do, we are to go. We are not to sit down. We are sent to go. We are on mission. We have to go. As Mahrit said, we don't need to pack our bags, right? We don't need to pack our bags and relocate to another place. Maybe that does happen. But at the moment, we are to go. We are being sent somewhere. Right? And I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this message. That it's easy for us sometimes to share uh, 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 things that we have experienced in our social media, right? In our status, in our Twitters, in our Instagram. If, if, for example, you went to a place and it's nice there. You take a picture of that place and you do what you share. Yes or no? You share there. You a status if you have eating if you are eating food and that food is nice you take a picture of that food and you place there because you are sharing an experience you are sharing about the place if 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 you go to a shop for example and you find something maybe the price there's a little bit is, is, is a good price you take a picture and you say hey guys there's this shop there that has good things and you 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 know you speak about that shop you speak about it you know companies invest millions and millions of rent in us talking, in getting us talking, right? So the ads that you see on YouTube, those are companies investing, targeted ads. They want us to speak about their products. They want us to hype them, to go and tell others that, hey, there's this product is doing this and this, because the more we tell others, the more it goes. And the more it goes, the more it makes money, right? But we do that willingly, it's not something difficult. We do that every day. We share stuff, we share a car, we share this. But somehow when it comes to sharing Jesus, somehow when it comes to sharing the message of the kingdom of God, we, we start to be reluctant. Yes or no? We start to be, excuses the excuses that we, we make. Uh, what are some of the excuses? I've written them down. Uh, well, I'm not gifted enough. Yes or No, not gifted enough. Not like Babu Rob. I can't just speak to people. I'm, I, I'm not gifted enough. We, we, we go back. No, no. I'm not gifted enough. I'm going to stay here in the back. Right? So what are some of the excuses that we make? I don't have enough words. I don't have words enough. Somehow, whenever we are supposed to speak about Jesus, somehow, whenever we are supposed to elevate the message of the kingdom of God, Suddenly, our words, around, we, we, we start to find these excuses. We start to find these things, right? But whenever we hype a car, yo, near Moto, hey, that car, this and this and that. Hey, that place, this and this and that. We, right? Even Twitter, Twitter reached a point where it even cut characters because it knows that if, if, if they allow people to, they will, people will, will type f, a, a non-stop. So you have limited characters on Twitter because they know that, but when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the message of the kingdom of God, somehow we find these things. I'm not gifted enough. I don't have words enough. And last one, I don't have personality enough. No, I don't have the personality to share the word of God. I don't have personality enough. I, we start to, to go back. Right? These are all the things that we did. And we are not the first ones. Moses said the same thing to God. He said, God, I'm not a man that is, that is good with words. Jeremiah said the same thing to God. God, I'm only a youth. God said, go to the people. Jeremiah said, but I'm young. Right? There seems to be these things all the time. Right? When God called Samuel, Samuel went to the wrong person. There seems to be these things whenever God is calling us for mission. There seem to be these barriers that we put ahead of us. But... We have heard here Psalm 139. What does David say on Psalm 139? We tell Mamukab, great news is that God, each of us here, has given us gift abilities. God has given you gift. God has given you abilities. God has tailored you perfectly for his mission. When Babu Rob was saying that for nine months, God was busy with you there, tailoring you. God knows that you can't speak well. He knows. (laughs) You don't need to tell God, God, I can't speak well. He knows. God knows that you don't have personality enough. He he was there. He made you. He made you there. He knows that you. He knows it. Right? He knows that you don't have enough. He knows that you, you look at your imperfections sometimes. He knows them. He built them. He's the one that created them. He's the one that tailored them. He's the one that made them. But The time that God was making them, he had a mission for you. He had a mission. Even even those parts of your life, those parts of our life that are imperfect, yeah, God made them. He has a plan for them. He has a mission for them. It's not by mistake. Right? God wants us to do his mission as ourselves. So when God was creating us, he created you as yourself. Built you, 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 are, you are one person that will never exist again. Means that when I die, there will never be another prince again. Or oh, they can name someone like me, but they will never have the, the abilities, the gift that God gave to me. You are one person, you are one, you are one person and that, that's it. So God created you to be yourself. God tailored you. God gave you abilities. God gave you everything that you need for his purpose and for his mission. And there's only one you. There will only be one you. There will never be another you. Even your children, they look like you, but they're not you. God built you specifically for his mission. Right? He gives you abilities that there are things that you can do that nobody else can do. There's nobody. We can call people. We can... You know, when you touch this basket, someone else will touch this basket, but there is you. When you touch that basket, people can see. So and so just touch this basket. Because God tailored you like that. God gave you abilities. God gave you talents. God made you specifically for his purpose and for his mission. So there's no running away. (laughs) There's none. It's missional me. God made you as a self and not uh, not as anybody else. And one of the saddest things these days is is when we try to be other people. Uh, What a sad existence. God made you to be you, and you want to be someone else. Hmm? Right? God made you. Do you know how original you are? There is nothing as original as you. Nothing else. God made you. You are the original of the original. One way, there is nothing else. And someone no, but I don't want to be like me. I want to be like someone else. I, 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 I don't want to, look, I, I want to look like someone else. I, I want to be like someone else. But David says in Psalm 139 God tailored you, God needed you together in your mother's womb, specifically for a purpose and for a mission. The mission of God. You are not going to succeed. In the mission of God when you try to be someone else. God doesn't, doesn't do copies, right? God doesn't like copies, because He created you. God doesn't do copies. He can, God can spot copies from far. fake. You're fake, hello? He's faking this one. Right? God can spot, God can spot fakeness from far. It's faking this one. Because He created you. He created us. right? can spot from far. So whether it's at work, at school, or home, or a street, or in a taxi, we are on mission for him. Right? So your mission, it's, 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 as Mahrit said, it's not for you to go overseas. Maybe some of us will go overseas. But in your day-to-day lives, where you are working, God sent you there for a purpose, for a mission. At work, where you work, you are on mission there. At school, you are on mission there. At home, you are on mission there. At the street, you are on mission there. On that taxi that you take every morning, that lift club, you are on mission there. On the bus that you go in, you are on mission. On a train, you are on mission. All of us are on mission for Jesus. And all of us have, have been given gifts for that mission. God knew that one day you're going to be in this place, you're going to be working in this place. He knew it. He, he, he knew it and he created you for that particular place, for that moment and for that season. There are people there who are waiting for you to be on mission. There are people there who, 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 who never, who are delaying people. There are people there who are in sin and, 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 and God is sending you every day. Christ is sending you, go, go be on mission. So Christ has given us all we need for his mission, so let us go, right? So let us go. We are on mission. Tomorrow when you wake up, first thing you have to think, I'm on mission, right? Tomorrow when you go to school, I'm on mission. Tomorrow if you go to work, I'm on mission. Tomorrow if you end I'm on mission. Because there, there are people who don't believe. And how will those people come to faith if you don't do your mission? So, point number two. So, we touch on your responsibility, right? On God's responsibility. God's responsibility is to send us to be on mission. So, point number two. Now, in a perfect world, uh, point number two, Jesus in verse 10 to 12 deals with rejection. He prepares the 72 that actually as you go to make this mission, you are going to be rejected, right? So, dealing with the rejection of the message. Now, in a perfect world, we expect the message of, of for, we expect everybody to accept the, key, the message of the kingdom of God. That will make everything easy. We expect that when you talk to people about Jesus, people are going to accept. People about But actually, that's not what Jesus says. That's not what Jesus says to the seven-two. So, Jesus says, whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, what do you do? You go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. So in the face of rejection, what does Jesus say? What does Jesus teach these people? He says to them, shake the dust, right? When people reject you, when people say, go away, we don't believe in this thing. Jesus doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say be angry and, and write a, a mean tweet, be angry and and. And, and write a status on that person and tell them that they are going to go to hell. Jesus says, no. Jesus says, wipe, wipe the dust off your feet, right? And then move away. Go go, go, to the next, go to the next house. Go to the next city. And I feel that's, that's something sometimes we struggle with, especially the days that we're living in. The days that we're living in, it, it's like we can't handle rejection, right? Even Christians can't, can't handle rejection. When, 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 I'm, when I'm sharing someone with Jesus and they, they don't accept, immediately they, I see them as Satan, as a demon. No, they are a demon, this one. But that's not what Jesus says. That's not what Jesus teaches us. Jesus, in fact, prepares us. Jesus prepares you and me that when we share this message, some people are going to reject. Some people are going to say, I don't want to. And what should we do with those people? Jesus says, move on. Right? Move on. Why? Because as the one that is sent, it's not my responsibility. It's not our responsibility if people are going to accept or reject the message of God. Our responsibility, it is to declare the message of the kingdom of God with faithfulness. Whether people are going to accept or not, that's up to me. That's not up to me. That's up to God. That's up to Jesus. So if I'm on mission and I'm sharing someone with Jesus, they reject. Amen, I did my part. I'm going to move on to the next person. So last week, Babu Rob said, he pointed us. Jesus pointed to himself as the Lord of Harvest. So when Babu Rob said last week that when Jesus says, he says to them, pray to the Lord of Harvest. So who is the Lord of Harvest? I, we are not the Lord of Harvest. We are the ones who are sent. Jesus is the Lord of harvest. So Jesus is saying, this is my message. This is my message. You, you proclaim the message. Whether people accept or not, leave them up to me. I, I, I'll handle them. I'll deal with them. So what was Jesus doing is that Jesus was preparing these people, was bringing a sense of a health perspective on them. That whenever they get rejected, they, don't, they shouldn't feel down. They shouldn't lose sleep on the fact that people are not accepting the message of the kingdom of God. Our responsibility, it is to proclaim the message of the kingdom of God with faithfulness. Whether people accept or not, whether people are invited to church, accept or not, that's not up to me. That's up to God. I have planted the seed. God is going to grow the seed. Right? So God is responsible for for, for the harvest. Ours is to proclaim the message faithfully. I can't make it about me and my feelings. I can't personalize it. So you can't take it personally, the rejection that you meet, you can't take it personally because that's not your message, that's God's message. So you can't make it about you. So Jesus says in the end, if they reject you, they reject me. They're not rejecting you, they are rejecting the one who has who has sent. And you know, I always I always make this joke. Did This is even on, on, on Tuesday, we come into group 8 some other time. I said, in heaven, we are gonna be very shocked. Right, You know what's going to shock us in heaven? Because we are going to be worshiping God side by side with people who rejected his message. The people who rejected you, maybe, I don't know, but maybe you're going to see someone there. Hey, now Yes, they are there. Right? Is, is, is it here? Yes, it's there. It's like, I always say this, we are going to get, we are going to get so shocked in heaven. Because the very people today who are rejecting you, later on, may accept Jesus Christ. The, very, the seeds that you are planting are not a waste. That person who seems like they are not listening to you, the seed is going in there. But it needs time to grow. That's not your, let God grow the seed. Right? So I always say, we are going to meet people. You know why? Because, uh, you know, our Christian faith is this, is this thing that is so big. I always, it's this thing that is so big that we can't make it, we can't personalize it. You can't make it about you. When you make Christian, when you make Christian faith about you, it's going to be heavy for you. Because you are one person. It's too much big. Because God's love, God's kindness, God's infinity, it's never ending. His heart You know, the Bible uses the language, it's infinite. It's never ending. So the very same person who's rejecting you now, God has so much love for that person as he has for you as well. That person that is sinning right now, God has so much grace and kindness for that person that even though they are sinning against them, he's he's, he's forgiving them because God's purpose is for that person to come to the saving knowledge of God. Right? So the job of, of the job of standing, the job of judging people or condemning people, it's not ours. Right? It, it, it's not ours. I, I always say we are too much broken. I am too much broken to judge other people. I'm too much broken to stand in the place of judgment of others because I am not God. God is the only one who is perfect and his judgment is perfect as well. Right, so it, it's not our it, it's it's not our responsibility. It's God's job. Our responsibility is to proclaim the Lord of the Lord, the, the message of the kingdom, and the Lord of Harvest will deal with the rest. When people reject you, don't take it personally. Don't condemn them. Don't condemn them either. Re- rejection is part of the package. Therefore, don't be discouraged. Share the gospel of the kingdom of God. So. Don't be discouraged when you invite people, they don't come. Don't be discouraged. Maybe one day we're going to meet them in heaven. Who knows? Right? Just because they don't come to Reg Road doesn't mean they can't come to another church. They can go. Who knows? Right? So the last point is the rejection of God. So the rejection that comes from proclaiming the kingdom of God, uh, what it did is that it brought this to Jesus uh, it brought this sad picture. So what, what happened is that Jesus starts to think of all these places in Jerusalem, all these places in the Old Testament, Sodom, Necomore, and Tyre, and Sidon, and all these places have one thing in common. They rejected the message of God. And Jesus Christ starts to cry for them with sadness. Why? Because Jesus knows that as they re- when people reject when people make a decision to reject him, they are rejecting God himself. So Jesus was, was, was comparing the old, like what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. We know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because they rejected God, what happened? The city was destroyed. So in other cities and other people that, that in the Old Testament rejected God, they chose to reject God. Their lives were, were destroyed. So Jesus brings this to to these places and, and he starts to weep for them. And he starts to, you know, cry for them. Because he knows that they are not rejecting the 72. They are not just rejecting the message, but they are rejecting God himself. And that's the very same feeling that Jesus has for those who reject his message today. What Jesus is saying is that our choice in rejecting God will lead to our demise. So when I choose to reject God, because it's a choice. it's not some, So when I choose to reject God, Jesus says, you see what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? You see what happened to this place? You see what happened to that place? That's what happens to everybody that rejects God. So he takes Sodom and Gomorrah and so says, you see, that place was destroyed. So when we make that same choice, when people make that same choice of rejecting God, says, God says, Jesus says, the same fate will happen to them. Now, that's, that may seem very, very harsh. But actually, what Jesus was saying was that it was, a, it was a warning. Not just a condemnation to those cities back then. But even today, for anybody who chooses to reject the gospel of God. You see, we, sometimes we think that rejecting God doesn't have consequences. But actually, the warning there is that rejecting God has consequences both for this life and for the afterlife. There are consequences there. And the people of those places made that choice and they suffer those consequences. So Jesus says that he cries for Sodom and Gomorrah. He cries for Sidon. He says that if those people have, if the 72 back then were sent to these places, maybe they, they could have been different. Maybe they could have been saved. And there's a warning there, not just for those people, but for us today as well. That as we live our life, our day-to-day life, if we make a choice of rejecting the message of God, if we choose to reject God by the way that we live our life, by the, by the, by the lifestyle that we choose, then there will be consequences there. So what God Jesus was calling is that today we should be warned and learn, From the fate of those who openly rejected the message of the kingdom of God. So what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? It was destroyed. What happened to those cities who refused to accept the prophets of God? They lost everything. They destroyed themselves. And I think there's a warning there as well, even for us today. That we are not just envoys of the kingdom of God. But also we are to live a life, we are to believe and live out this message in our day-to-day lives. We are to live a life that doesn't reject the message of God. Because if we make that choice of rejecting the message of God, then there will be consequences there. So if in our lives we see sinful behaviors, what should we do? Jesus calls us to repent. The message of God calls us to repent with agency. Jesus tells the says 72, don't tell them that the kingdom of God is coming that time. Jesus says, tell them the kingdom of God is right here, near you. It's not next year. It's not next month. Tell them now. Because brothers and sisters, you and I are living on borrowed time. You, we don't have the luxury. Okay, we make plans. But we don't know where next week we are going to be. I'm saying next week, we don't know in the next two hours where we are going to be. Because it's up to God. So Jesus calls the people with with this sense of agency. Tell them that the kingdom of God is near them. And if there is something that they have to repent from, it is right now. Not next month, not next year, now, today. And normally whenever people hear a message like this, I still have time, right? I still have time. I'll, I'll do that next week. But we don't know what, where we are going to be next week. Right? So, if we are to repent, if we recognize that there are things in our lives that are displeasing Jesus, if we recognize in our life sinful behavior, the time to repent is not tomorrow. It's not next month. It's not next year. It's not next five years from now. It's not when I'm older. It is now. Today. That's what, that's what Jesus Christ was saying to his disciples. Go tell them that the kingdom is near them. Not there. Here now. And this morning, I'm repeating the same thing to you. The kingdom of God is... Is near you. It's not five years from now. It's not one hour from now. That's late. It's near you now. And if you need to repent, don't wait for tomorrow. Do it now. Do it now. Because we don't know where we are going to be tomorrow. Jesus ends by saying, the one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who has sent me. Can you feel the weight of those words? When there's this, there's this thing that is happening. So when they reject the disciples, Jesus says, because I've sent you, when they reject the message, they are rejecting me. And because now I am sent, when they, are, when they are rejecting you, they are rejecting God. So sometimes we think that rejecting God is, is openly saying, no, I don't like God. But sometimes rejecting God is by the lifestyle choices that we make. When we are not being obedient to God, when we, when, when we know what we have to do, and we know that this is and I choose to do something else, at that present moment, I am rejecting the will of God. Right? So we don't reject God by going around and saying, Oh, I reject No, by the lifestyles that we make, by the lifestyle choices we make. By continuing in sinful patterns, even when we know that we are supposed to repent. Right? So we are going to pray right now. And we are going to do our business with God. And I want to say something to you. We are on mission for Jesus. But don't forget that the message of the kingdom of God is that the kingdom of God is near you. If you need to do, if you need to repent, do it now, today. Don't do it tomorrow. Do it now, today. Say, God, I don't want to live this life anymore. I'm choosing to turn away from this, and I want to live a new life. And from there on, we'll go in our schools, where we study, in our workplaces, and people are going to see the difference. People are going to see that we are on mission for God by the way that we live our lives. Why don't you lift up the bread and the grape juice. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we hold in our hands um, the bread that's a symbol of your body, and we hold the grape juice that's a symbol of your blood for the washing away of all our sins, my God. My Father, before we eat this Lord's Supper, if there is anything, my God, that we need to repent from. The time is now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next month. The time is now. And sometimes, Lord, we can get caught up in the cycle of life, in the autonomous way of life. Next week I'll be here. Next month I'll be here. But actually, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible teaches us that even the very time we think we have, doesn't belong to us. It is a gift from you, my God. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Pray for those Holy Spirit who feel that they have to do business with you, my God. That they have to turn somehow from something, my Lord. Father, may you bring them to a place of repentance. May you know, may they know that the message of the kingdom of God is not, doesn't come from a place of condemnation and judgment but rather it comes from a place of grace, love, and kindness, my God. That each of us, you want us to repent, my God, because you have something far better than what we have right now. Father, I bless this bread and I bless this grape juice. When we eat, my God, let your blessing to be over us and our spiritual lives. And let us live our lives as envoys and as missionaries, my Lord. As we go to school tomorrow, to go to our places, wherever we go, my Lord. Let us have this idea that I am on mission, whether I'm pro- proclaiming by mouth or I'm living my life. We are on mission there. Father, bless the scriptures and this bread. Church, we can eat together. Jesus' name.